This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, we just want to remind you that we are going to be doing another Out on the Lanai live live show here in Los Angeles at our home at the Nerdist Showroom at Meltdown Comics. It is going to be happening Thursday, March 16th. 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 At 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Who's going to be on that show? Tickets are $10. The show is going to have Alaska Thunderfuck on. Holy fuck. Yes. What episode are we watching? We're watching 72 Hours, a.k.a. Yes. the one where Rose might get AIDS. And we're going to have a <laughs> raffle. Raffle. We're going to have a raffle. And all ticket proceeds and all raffle proceeds benefit the senior services provided by the LGBT Center at Triangle Square. So if you're in the area, come on down. It's going to be a great show. Yeah. John's going to have his R mug, and it's for yeah. a really, really great cause. Yeah, definitely, guys. And if you can't come to the show, you should definitely go to outonthelanai.com slash live to donate to, to the LGBT Center, um, which you can do all there. And that's also where you can get tickets for the show. That's yeah, That's where you can get tickets. All right, let's get into the episode. Let's do it. Angeles 2017. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you will ever need to listen to. I am H. Alan Scott. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And this is a podcast where we watch an episode of The Golden Girls and then we talk about it. And we just watched season five, episode 11, Ebb Tide, which aired on December 9th, 1989. And is the episode where Big Daddy dies? He had it coming. What do you mean he had it coming? Well, he was old as dirt, but also, too, like, where had he been the past few years? Nowhere. Like, exploring he was a deadbeat dad. Exploring his second career as a country singer. Failed. He gave it up. Remember? Gave it but up. he tried. And he married that younger lady. He tried, just like, you know, Dorothy tried when she wanted to do stand-up. That was all season one, I think. Wasn't it? It was a while ago. It was season one and season two. It was really early on. Yeah, it's, it, it it is interesting that they decided to kill off Big Daddy after having not seen him for so long. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think this this is one of the rare episodes rare rare wow uh, that. Um, Blanche, a vulnerability is seen in Blanche. Oftentimes, she's very much on the surface, and she's very sort of vain, of course. Uh, and and this is one of those episodes where the vanity is front and center, even in sort of what starts the story. She's getting mm-hmm. ready for a ball. She's going to be queen of a ball, and it's mm-hmm. like a whole thing, and the yeah. citrus thing. And it's all very, very vain and fits into Blanche very well. And then all of a sudden, something happens where Blanche is forced to sort of rip back a layer a little bit and not be so vain and be a little bit vulnerable. And they do that a lot with the AIDS episode coming up, mm-hmm. our live episode, what which I, we'll talk about. What I liked about this episode is that Blanche... So I, I think, and I'm sure it's a very relatable thing that I think sometimes like death and, you know, these huge life changing moments make you realize how trivial some things are in yeah. life, like a, like a citrus plate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like 
it was sort of the death of her father that realized, oh, wait, I, I spent all of this time focused on myself and I'm so vain and, mm-hmm. and I missed an opportunity to say goodbye to my father because of it. You probably think this song is about you. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. About, it's about um, Warren Beatty. But before we dive into the... Wait, who's it about? Warren Beatty. Did she... No, she sold the secret, right? Carly Did she? Simon sold the secret. But it's not known. But I think it's pretty much accepted that it was Warren Beatty. Oh, I don't... I believe. To my knowledge... Or maybe it was James Taylor. To my knowledge, I know Carly Simon sold the secret to someone for a lot of money. I held her Oscar. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, what a fundraiser once. Alanis Morissette was the one who came out and said that you ought to know it was about Dave Coulier. <laughs> I want you to know. No one asked you know, for that. <laughs> if you listen to that album again. Jagged Little Pill. You can just say Jagged Little Pill. That's the name of the album. It's not so good. I disagree. It is. I've, I listened to it recently because I was like, nostalgia. Of course. And it was not a good listen. I disagree. Like, there, was, I, there were so many times. Like, I know every single word on mm-hmm. that album. Every single word. Sometimes. No. I'm just kidding. That's just sad. Doesn't that make you feel <laughs> like, wow, I took things too seriously back then? No. Wow. No. Wow. Different no. childhoods, different no. lives. Uh, yeah. Before we jump into this episode, we have someone to thank for a donation. Yes, we do. Miss Claire. Claire. Sewell. Sewell? 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 Swollen. Sewell. I think Sewell, like, uh, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. What about it? Sewell, because that's what Rose, her boss, Rose, called her. Oh. I'm right on top of that, Rose. Thanks, Interesting. Sewell. Interesting. Anyway. Thank you, Claire. Thank you so, so much, Claire. Claire. So, so sweet of so you. Claire. Wait, let's go to Claire. <laughs> Getting earrings. That's Claire's. Claire's. What wow. Is she, what if she owns Claire? Claire, if you own Claire's... You should be giving a lot more. Please let us know in the comment section. I love you, Claire. We've made Thank more 90s so references in yes. the last three minutes, I think, than we have in the, probably the past Are 10 Claire's episodes. still around? Yes. Okay. Um, okay, so let's dive on in. Blanche is chair of the ball, which also means queen of the ball. I'm queen of the ball. At Miami's Citrus Festival. Uh, citrus queen. I'm going to be a citrus queen. feels appropriate <laughs> for Florida, for Miami. Of course, yes. Because there not there state... Uh, Wouldn't it be something like Cuban related, though? I don't know. I mean, it's not... My, Miami is like... A, there's a huge Cuban population. I, if, I, if I'm right, I, I don't know Miami very well. Our listeners from Miami, we know there's some that exist... Let us know. It's a large Cuban. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be like you know like a fiesta ball or I don't know anything Cuban. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but something something like what's a Cuban dish? What's a Cuban food? Um, there's I don't I can't think of anything. One day at a time is a great show about a Cuban family. I'll say that the remake of the one, remake of yes, One Day at a Time, it is which a great normally show. is also an EP on. I'm a fan. Let's talk about anything literally about the episode. <laughs> um, there is a really really great runner not even a runner it's just a joke that they it's a great rule of three joke um where uh so blanche is going to be the queen of the citrus festival ball yeah and there's an article about her in the paper which lists her as 35 years old which is bonkers bonkers how did i mean even if you're gonna fuck someone to get like a to get like a a little fib put into an article or something which i have never been able to do ever I have tried to use sexual advances to get things. But nothing. And it's only gotten me a trip to the clinic. 
but <laughs> <laughs> but she got 35 out of it. Yeah, they they yeah, they printed that she was 35 years old wow. and Dorothy Not believable. Dorothy uh referencing the man who wrote the article, she said yeah. uh how many times did you sleep with them? She goes, twice, but I probably would have anyway. <laughs> Which, remember that line, because it comes back a few more times. Yeah. Um, and uh, so Sophia comes out, and she tells the women that she needs to make some extra money, because when the women are at work all day, she's lonely all by herself. Yeah. And, you know, she wants a TV. In her room. Here's the thing. She wants a TV in her room. Sure. But did she say she wanted it in her room? That's, that's a big deal, because, like, why does she need a TV in her room? Here's the other thing, which we'll learn later. Sophia gets $1,700 for this television set. So f- In 1989, who the fuck is spending $1,700 on a TV set for a bedroom? Well, also, too, Sophia kind of invented Airbnb. I know. I wrote that down. Yeah. I wrote that down. She did invent Airbnb. Totally invented Airbnb. It was so great. I Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's funny. Um, so... But here's the thing. She's like, you guys were at work all day. And I'm like, no, the women are always fucking home. Yeah, like, they, they never are. work. Also, like, you're <laughs> going to get a tangerine. Teacher. Get the tangerine, honey. I know. If you're busy, yeah, yeah, go spend more time with the boy in the hospital. Regardless, she comes up with a nice scheme to sort of get this money. And that sort of is the B story in this episode, which oh. I think is one of the strongest ever. It ends so well. It's, it's such so a good well written. B story. I love any time... And I feel for her because it makes Sophia seem so evil. If she wasn't so adorable and yeah. clever and funny, I would be more upset. But where anytime you leave Sophia and Rose alone, there's so many times where Sophia just takes full advantage of Rose. Yeah. Like, um, like remember when Sophia's trying to get Rose to tell her about like what what she's getting for her birthday when she mm-hmm. brings Aunt Angela and she like tells Rose that she's like dying and she has yeah. to tell she was trying to trick her when she tells Rose that she sees char that she's Charlie because she ate the cantaloupe. Like yeah. oh that one actually really upset me. But what's the worst thing you've ever done for money? Oh, I know what I mine is. Yeah. Why don't you it's, I don't know. A job that I didn't like I don't know. One time in St. Louis, I don't know if it was in high school or after high school, but I was in I was in St. Louis and a teacher at school was like, Oh, I'll give you some extra money if you come help me clean up my garage or move something or something, whatever. And I was like, I literally only did it for money. And I went and he quickly realized I'm not a physical person. Uh. And also that I'm not a good mover or mm-hmm. organizer or anything. I mean, I, it's, I literally basically just supervised him. <laughs> <laughs> you were just like a, ch- a coach? And he paid me. Yeah, Aww. it was great. That's not like, I thought you were going to say, what's the worst thing you've ever done for money? Like, I once pushed a child down the stairs and stole their allowance out of their pocket. No, I've never stolen children yeah. or stolen money from children. What if I said that? Children. You were just like, no, I was really bad at moving. And I was like, I once <laughs> killed someone for money. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, Sophia is pioneering Airbnb. Yes. When the women are gone, she's talking about renting their rooms with yes. Dorothy Prohibits. Well, um, but we that we haven't we're, we've jumped ahead quite a bit here because uh, uh, Blanche's father, Big Daddy, calls. Yes, we have not jumped ahead. I promise you. Well, because they're not renting rooms yet. Right, but I'm just saying she's talking about it. She's yeah, she's dropping yes. the seed. Yes, she's dropping the seed. So then Big Daddy calls and he, we we get the whole like I'm queen of the ball twice. I probably would have done it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it, oh, so funny. Yeah. I love that her dad asked her that. It's yeah. so great. 
Um, so the next day, uh, well, she says she can't go home. He wants her to come right. home and she's like, I can't, I'm queen of the ball. I got to stay. Yes. And then the next day, call him on Monday. the next day they're all sort of like, you know, doing things. Blanche's and, citrus plate arrives. Yes. It has, or it okay. has oranges I, on it. I don't know what it is. I feel like the eighties was a time where decorative plates and little spoons. You know what I mean? Like those were just kitschy things that people had. Little you know what I mean? Spoons? Yeah, like little spoons with like the the 50 states or something. You know what I mean? People collected They still got those things. You got to watch that Warriors channel, that 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 Soldiers channel. There's some channel America's Honor or something cuz they're selling shit like that all the time. I'm not saying I want it. I'm just saying Yeah. In growing up in my house, like I remember there was a we had a hutch. Yeah. And it had plates in it that were not for eating on and i remember always my thinking, mom had that why do we have these and yeah. and also like lots of little like porcelain figures of little oh, angels and stuff don't and even. i was just like we no don't <laughs> even we had precious moments figurines <gasps> yes all they're terrifying and then what did we do what did we do when we went to the west side of the state of missouri to see family over there and we went to the precious moments factory where massive massive larger than life size precious moments figurines were floating above my head with their terrifying big ass fucking angel eyes and their wings and they're all like "Mm, hug me like it's just it it it, it's gross and terrifying and amazing i suggest all of you go visit it screams 80s to me. Every, it like, screams pedophiles, like, ooh, central to me. Like, it's it feels like a bad place. Like, geez. it feels dirty. Oh, all right. Maybe it's just me. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> I had very different experiences going to, like, factories. I went to the Yankee Candle factory. Oh, I, I would have loved it that. It wasn't where they were made, though. It was just, like, a big place where they sold them. Oh, that's sweet, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyway, so then the phone rings. And it's Virginia <sighs> calling for Blanche. Blanche and Virginia do not get along ever since that, that liver. Yeah, well, the, no, kidney transplant. Kidney. Yes. But kidney. it all worked out okay. And this is the... I guess you only have one liver. Do you have one liver? You only, you have, only have one, one liver. liver. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you want to have a quick human anatomy lesson? No, I don't. Okay. That's gross. Um, so Blanche gets on the phone with Virginia and she goes, guess yeah. what? I'm queen of a ball. <laughs> Twice. Yeah, but I probably would have anyway. <laughs> I, whoever pitched this joke good. in the writer's good. room. It works. Great job. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. And then she, she Blanche listens to as Virginia speaks and she gives a very matter of fact, like, okay, all right, I'll be there tomorrow. Gets yeah. off the phone and she's starting to walk toward her room and Dorothy's like, Blanche, what's going on? And she goes, oh, it's Big Daddy. He's dead. Yeah. And now, it, do you think, mm-hmm. so she's sort of very flippant about this, and we later learn in an episode where she's sort of making arrangements and talking about getting back in time, and all the women are very concerned. She seems very flippant in that, like, she doesn't think Big Daddy's really dead. It's, well, here's but the thing. it's sort of bordering on two different worlds where she's just in denial. Right, and that's where I couldn't, re- it, it skirted a weird line, because... She she says she's flying down to Atlanta and she's flying like up to Atlanta. Sorry, yes, flying up to Atlanta. She'd be and, going to Cuba, right? <laughs> um, and she thinks she says that Virginia's pranking her. And, you yes. know, I'll see Big Daddy and then I'll be back in time for the Citrus Festival, whatever. And I'm thinking like, oh, does she truly believe it's a prank? Because she 
as soon as she got off the phone, was not upset. She no. was just, you know. But then she starts talking about how Big Daddy liked to put, you know, she pulls out a bottle of ketchup. He liked to put ketchup yeah. on lima beans. And that's when she actually breaks down. Which, I mean, for someone like Blanche, like I was saying at the top, like someone like Blanche who is so controlled in sort of the persona that she has created for herself mm-hmm. that to be emotionally responsive to something that's upsetting isn't really in her character. Yeah. And so, you know, in some ways she did respond in the way that Blanche probably would have responded. Where she sort of denies or Denied it, moved off. on, yeah. didn't really think about it, and then moves on and mm-hmm. gets what she needs out of it. Yeah. And then finally, the li- over lima beans, lima beans and ketchup, that's, Which, that's the catalyst. So gr- I mean, that was never, a, I mean, I lived in the South for only four or five years. I never, that was not a Southern tradition, certainly that I had heard of. But I will say, I used to put, I used to dunk green beans in ketchup when I was a little mm. kid. My stepdad, to this day, puts ketchup on everything. My sister used to put ketchup on macaroni and cheese. Yeah. My cousin yeah. Dave used to eat ketchup sandwiches. Yep, my stepdad does both of those things. Oh, wow. Yeah, he yeah. loves ketchup. It's on every, he sops it up with bread. Oh, I mean, yeah. ketchup, there's never any ketchup wasted on a plate with him. Whereas I finish like a hot dog and I'm like... Fuck the ketchup. I'm going to lick that up. Yeah. I mean, why would you? It's, <laughs> you don't, yeah. It's not like don't a, need to do that. it's not a pasta sauce. But, it's not a marinara. So, Dorothy accompanies uh, Blanche back to Atlanta. And I will say, the and the rest, the scenes that take place in Atlanta, I don't know if it was the, the grand nature of what I like to imagine is called the Hollingsworth Manor. Yeah. But the scene in the house and the scene in the cemetery to me, I felt as if I were watching a play, a theater production. You mean it felt like very small and intimate? It felt, I don't know, it just, I felt like I was watching a play. It's because it was, it was just a lot of speaking. Yeah. The, The scene between Virginia and Blanche was staged very much like a play. Yeah. There was just a lot of dialogue and then her monologue in the cemetery, it just felt... I felt in that moment not like, oh, I'm watching a comedy sitcom. Yeah. I felt like I'm watching actors perform on that. a stage. That's yeah. how I felt. Yeah, I felt, I mean, I think because you think of sort of these homes as so large and so spacious and mm-hmm. so, you know, sort of gone with the wind desk mansions that to see the place, even the house did not look that big. You know what I mean? I mean, it looked like a big house, but it didn't look like a massive house manor that that it's being built I mean, as. And then you look I at the... I sort of see it because you, you It's know, old, like so you expect, like, yeah. Area. I Imagine. mean, it's very regal and, and mm-hmm. decorated in a way that is means these people take care of their appearances. Right. Uh, but so B- Dorothy and Blanche are there. Dorothy is looking smoking in her outfit. Oh, Dorothy's outfits this whole episode. Yeah, every, out, every time she walked into the room, you were like, mm, I'd wear it, I'd yeah. wear it, I'd wear yeah. it, I'd wear it. I'd wear everything Dorothy wears. Uh, Dorothy is really, really concerned about making some tea in this episode. Yes, yes. <laughs> it is Dorothy's purpose in life. I feel like Dorothy got there and she like doesn't quite know what to do. You know yeah. when you're like in a situation you don't know a lot of people and you don't really know how you can help. So you're just like, can I make anybody tea? Like but yeah, I mean, you don't know the layout of the house. You don't know what to can be, be done. So you I just tend, offer to make tea and coffee. I tend to be that person often in situations. I tend to like sort of in a stressful situation become hyper sort of like Let's make everything okay. So I'll do this and I'll take care of this and don't worry about that. I got that. Don't worry. Like I I tend to be sort of 
that person. And there is something, I feel like when I go to put on a pot of coffee, when it's like, oh, it's time to make coffee, that's like, all right, I need to, I need to wake up, I need to yeah. get to work. But tea feels like, it does almost feel like a thing that you do to like, when I have this tea and I sip it, everything's going to be better. Yeah. I'm going to feel like I accomplished something. I definitely... So a couple months ago, and well, Halloween time, a friend of mine, a mutual friend of a bunch of our friends, um, uh, passed away very suddenly. Mm-hmm. It was very sort of shocking. And when and we were there that night, and we had to like deal with police and everything. And I, and you know, even though I knew him, my other friends knew him better. And so we kind of like I turned into this mode where I was dressed in like a like a dress for a Halloween costume. And I like had to change into their clothes cause I didn't have any clothes yeah. there. And I, I moved into this role of just sort of like setting the table, making sure people had drinks refill, mm-hmm. making sure I'm, and it wasn't even my place. Mm-hmm. I just kind of took over. Yeah. I definitely took a Dorothy role and went and made tea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, she's doing what she can. Yeah. But she leaves and Virginia comes in and Virginia and Blanche have a snippy argument to the point where, I mean, I, 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 I've experienced this when people have died where family members, especially opposing family members have gotten into sort of very verbal sort of matches in a way. Like they've mm-hmm. definitely been at odds. It seems because of a death, I think sometimes it's, you would think it would bring people together, but instead it can actually like separate. Right. People. Right. And I think too, because Vir- does Virginia still live in Atlanta? Mm-hmm. Right. So, and here's where I think Virginia's coming from because my, I saw that a very similar thing with my mother and her siblings. She has yeah. eight other siblings. When my grandma passed away, only a few of her siblings actually still live in Massachusetts. And my grandma was sick for a, a while. And, you know, so the siblings who are around are the ones taking care on a constant basis. Yeah. And the ones who fly in from out of town for the funeral, it's like, you know, you all had, you know, it, it, I think it's a sort of idea of, I've been I've been here yeah. and you haven't. Yeah. And I think maybe for Virginia there is a sort of sense of resentment. Yeah. Like you can only be bothered to visit our dad mm-hmm. when he dies. Because you're in Blanche's world, you're all about Blanche and yeah. you couldn't be bothered and now here you are showing your face. And I think Virginia sort of felt like defensive a little bit and yeah. and just, you know Which is natural. Yeah, I sort of, I sort of understood where she's coming from. I don't agree with it, but yeah, I don't necessarily. I mean, I I think it's a hard situation. Yeah, you know, there's no winners. I mean, someone died, and we all have different relationships with the person who died, and we're putting our own personal relationships on another person's relationship, which was probably very different from the relationship I had with that person. Right, you can't expect those things to match. Right, you know, and also all of this said. Virginia should not forget that Blanche was going to give her a kidney. Kidney. You know what I mean? Kidney. Like, you can say, Blanche, you're all about yourself, but remember she was going to give you a kidney. I was. I would have loved a callback to a couple of seasons from ago, and Blanche had a line being like, that Mormon kidney is making you very high and mighty right now. <laughs> like, I would love to have sort of like a like clean kidney. Up nose or something like something right, ridiculous about right. yeah I don't know I um, love that callback. but Blanche basically I mean it, she it, walks the off she ends, is not going to the funeral yeah she says she's not going to go if Virginia's there yeah. and in my mind I was like again trying to remember because it's been it's been a while since I've seen this episode 
I thought, oh, there's going to be a moment where her and Virginia make up and she goes to the funeral. Yeah. And she doesn't. No. She doesn't go to the funeral. And well, she, yeah. And she does, we don't hear anything about Virginia for the rest of the episode. And she never appears on the show again. By Virginia. But it feels very much more like real life. Yeah. You know it does. I mean? It does. Blanche is in this episode Like, I'll give great. them credit for that. Well, so before we get to any of that, we shoot back to, to Miami where now Sophia has um, created the prototype for Airbnb. Yes. And, <laughs> and there's a couple sitting on the couch. Snacking, smooching. Like really making themselves oh, comfortable. My feet are on the couch because I'm, I'm, I'm like, who would do that? Kellyanne Conway. Kellyanne <laughs> Conway. Would. Timely. You're right. That is timely. No, In a year from now, timely. when people are listening to this, they're going to be like, what? what? They're going to Google it. Yeah. Um, she put her feet on the couch in the Oval Office. You can Google that. Yeah. So I also love that Rose walks in and she's just like, oh, hello. And you know what yeah. I mean? She's not even perturbed by the fact that there are no. two people, two strangers snacking on the couch, looking very comfortable and at home. But she stops when she sees them and she's like, oh, that's Blanche's citrus plate you're eating off of here. I don't think you're supposed to be doing and that. And she pours the contents of the plate out onto him. Do you notice that? I did. That really didn't bother me that much. I think... I thought that was a little... I mean, it was funny, but it was also like... I think it was like cubed cheese with like toothpicks or whatever. No. It's not going to... It's like she poured guacamole in his lap. Oh, I love guacamole. Here's what I didn't like. So, so Rose goes into the kitchen, asks Sophia, hey, heads up, seven up, what's up? Sophia's didn't like... say that, guys. She doesn't Anyone say that. Anyone who likes the quoting not. us pro- improperly, that would have been a and I'm paraphrasing, of course. And <laughs> That's our problem. No. <laughs> Sophia tells Rose that she rented out Dorothy and Blanche's room yeah. and her room. Yeah. God, I love Sophia. Sophia, that's such a dick move. But also, too, like. And Blanche, and then Rose is like, where am I supposed to sleep? And she's like, you can rent half of my room. Literally, it is basically oh. like Sophia's like, business is hard, lady. Business is hard. You got to you gotta call them when you see them. You got to do it. You got to run after that dollar. Yeah. She ran after that dollar. She ran after that dollar. Uh, I also wrote down Sophia, and I don't ever recall hearing this in the 80s, late 80s. Sophia, I can't. I we're think in the she's 90s now, though. She's in the early 90s. I think. No, we're in. Aren't we still in 1989? Are we? I believe I said this aired in. Yeah, 1980. End of 1989. Okay. I think, and I believe she's referring to Rose when she says this, but Sophia says, what a tool. <laughs> And th- that was very jarring to me. I don't Sophia, recall calling people tools. Sophia's language in, in this episode actually gets very sort of like dramatic. What do you mean by dramatic? Like, well, she says she suggests things that are very sort of <gasps> Sophia. Oh, li- yeah. Well, later we'll get, she's the last one. We'll get to crazy. that. We'll get to that. So then, back at Hollingsworth Manor, juicy. It's juicy. Blanche is looking My at favorite. childhood photos of herself on what appears to be like the deck the Declaration of Independence. Like, <laughs> yeah. that paper. It's like the old timey parchment. Blanche is not 35. (laughs) I was like, how old are you? I mean, yeah, she's not 35. Yeah, maybe the house, maybe the house suffered a fire and Big Daddy ran into the house, burning timber running by him left and right. And he grabbed that photo album and he ran out. Uh, Maybe. Maybe See what I did there, guys? I, I painted a picture. Um, you did paint a picture. I just, that sort of made me laugh, those photos. Um, you light a fire from the bottom. Oh, God. I love that. 
That's such a great moment. <laughs> I wish I wish uh, Alaska was here because because he would be able to do that really. He does really well. good Blanche quotes. He does Blanche so well. Yeah. Even though he just did a this is a little off topic, guys. We should check it out. I forget for who, but there was some video where he did uh, he he was playing Rose for a prep sort of condom safe sex oh. thing. I'll find it. I just saw it. Someone sent it to me recently. And hello, Alaska, if you're listening. Alaska's listening. What else? Oh, gosh. So this scene is... Okay. So they're looking over photos. This is actually... I I mentioned this to you, I think, like like last weekend or something, and you were like, I don't remember that. It is literally one of my favorite moments where Dorothy is looking at photos of Blanche and Dorothy recognizes that Blanche was fat as a kid, like fat. And she like does not like it was like all it was like years of Dorothy being yes. made fun of mm-hmm. into one moment. And she has these lines You'd where she was like, you never know that Blanche's dad just died. Oh, God, I know because she's being so rude. But at the she's- same time, just doing it she's looking at a photo of blanche and again she's laughing this entire time she's looking at a photo of blanche as a child sitting on a horse and she goes blanche the horse's eyes are crossed (laughs) you were fat like fat fat what did i say it was oh fat 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 water rat 50 bullets in your hat (laughs) if anyone can i I was looking for the origin of that i I believe it like is came about in the 1920s Oh, I'm I, seeing things for I it. I see it as oh yeah, I'm I'm seeing it as it has something to do with a musket rat. Well, it's there was a song in yes. no 2005. No, it's not. Oh, it, it goes yeah. way back, way way back. It's like a I think it's a depression era thing. It's like yeah, a, I don't know. I googled it and it's like fat fat the water rat. I can't find message board. What I, does that mean? I can't find much on it. So if you guys can, if anyone knows anything about that, please comment on this episode. That yeah, that was a really funny yeah. And she said it so quickly. She's kind of like like okay, I won't say anything else. Yeah, fat fat water rat, fifty bullets in your hat. I wonder if she just came up with that. You know what I mean? Like I don't if, know. if that's something that Dorothy of her age would do, probably. No, that's because it sounds cr- okay. First of all, let's break it down. Fat, fat water rat. It's a taunt. It's a thing. 50, bu- 50 bullets in your hat? Is that because you're a rat and you can't swim, so you get shot at 50 times, and also you're wearing a hat? I think it has something else. I think it has something deeper. It's like a ring around the rosy where it's actually is about, like, the plague. You know what I mean? It's, like, deeper than that. Okay. I think that's what it is. Okay. If anybody knows, I, I'm seeing a rat that's so fat it can't swim in it, so it's getting shot you're taking at. It too, literally. All the I think, bullets are I think it might be hat. like communists or Nazis or like like I think it I think that's what the rat might be. Okay, but let's go back to and it might have to be your theory people. that Dorothy made it up. Then what does Dorothy mean by this? No, not made it up. <laughs> that Dorothy's character would remember that from her childhood as a saying that people that kids Got would taunt it. other kids with, which is clearly what it was. Throughout this whole scene, all I was thinking was, well, now you know how Becky felt, Blanche. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That is true. You know, that is the episode that people call back on more often than any other episode for us. Is the Becky one? I am constantly in conversations about the Becky episode. Wow. People tweeting at me being like, they were really mean to Becky. They yeah. were fat shaming. And they, and they definitely were. Yeah. And I'm always like, gotta listen to Sean Shep episode. Mm. She was great. Yeah. She really she was. was. Great. Yeah. Um. And there's this really sweet moment between Blanche and Dorothy where, again, it's like we still haven't completely, Blanche still hasn't completely shed, I guess, her sort of selfish, self-involved skin yet where she's, she's upset about Big Daddy. She says, there's nobody to be proud of me anymore, which like, 
again, it's about her in that moment. Yeah. Even but it's though it's also, a sweet sentiment. It is a sweet sentiment. And Dorothy yeah. is, you know, Dorothy's like, you know, whenever something good happens to me, like, I still can't wait to tell Ma. So, yeah. you know, it's, I, I, I get it that, I mean, you know, Blanche still has friends and, you know, there are people still to be proud of her. But No, it's different, though. It's different when your parents aren't there. Oh, yeah, that yeah. I get. Yeah. Um, so back at home, I, this is another thing I Googled. Back at home, Sophia is, she comes out of the living room where she's leading a, a group of people, it sounds like, in the living room. They're singing Inky, Inky, Inky Dinky Parlez-Vous, um, which I Googled. Um, it was a French song that was popular during World War One. Of course, Sophia knew it. And poor Rose is in the kitchen, like, icing cupcakes and shit. Yeah, she's like, working. For these people. And she, doesn't even, and she has to share a bed with... With with Sophia that she's paying for, by the way. Yeah. And Sophia's probably not <laughs> paying her to, like, be it. her... Sous chef or whatever. I forgot she was paying. But for you know it. what? Seeing this operation makes me yeah. go, "All right, I now see how Sophia is going to function in the Golden Palace." Yeah, yeah. This is prep work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then Don Cheadle's going to come and organize yeah, it. Yeah, Don Cheadle's going to come and yeah. Cheech Marin's going to take over in the kitchen because yeah. they clearly don't want Rose making her no. yogurt and flurkin cake. No. Um, Dorothy calls and Sophia hangs up on her. She calls back. <laughs> I think how Sophia defiantly was like, "I'm not picking up." She just sat on the stool and let the phone ring. Yeah, but then Rose picked it up. Yeah. And, I mean, Sophia is very nervous because she doesn't yeah. want Dorothy to find out what she's doing. Well, she when so when Dorothy initially calls, she picks up the phone and she hangs up on her and she's like, it's Dorothy, hide me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so funny. Um, and then, uh, so Rose ends up, like, lying to Dorothy and says that everything's fine. Sophia's at church. Uh, and... I thought I was going to go into a St. Olaf story. It sounds like she, Rose is about to go into a St. Olaf story, yeah. but she gets interrupted by the somebody off screen who breaks Blanche's citrus plate. Yeah. Um, but Rose talks about how she hates lying because in St. Olaf, they'd gather up the children who lied and the mayor would point at them. <laughs> and that's it. But she's so up. She's like, oh, like it's the worst memory ever. I also <laughs> like to imagine that the mayor of St. Olaf is Mayor McCheese. <laughs> oh, I don't know who that is. From... The world of Ronald McDonald. Yeah, you had a different. He's got childhood. a cheeseburger for a head. I was focused on the food. Uh, do you not know? <laughs> do you not recognize a character that has a cheeseburger for a I, head? I know what you're talking about now. I never cared about any of that. I only cared about the food. Okay. And when actually, the the in, I was born in Baltimore, and we live next door to the. I, think I it really was want the, McDonald's right now. The original Ronald McDonald, and my mom said he was a dad. What? Oh, the original. He was a dick. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's funny because, like, you literally can't hear me, but because the listeners hear me so close because I'm using the mic and yeah. I hear it in the headphones here that you don't have. It sounds that like when I, just I whisper, have a I can say anything. And you might not hear it. Like I have a hearing problem, like Dorothy Gary's, did in that one episode. Gary's naked. Right Stop now. it! <laughs> All right, let's get to. So now we're at the cemetery. I have to say, I applaud the set the decorator. production designer yeah. the set decorator the great attention to detail applied to the cemetery again made me feel like i was watching a very like a big theatrical production yeah there was spanish moss trees there were spanish moss hanging indicative of a willow tree willow tree which having lived in savannah for 5 mm-hmm. years which is about 4 hours from atlanta Spanish moss yeah. is one of the most gorgeous things to ever see on a tree. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful trees. Yeah. I wrote the word sundappled down. Sundappled. 
there's a lot of there was a lot of sun and shade, and it was mm. you know peppered throughout the scenery. Oh, it was hate it was the just outdoors. Very beautiful. I I legitimately felt like there was sun coming in, and there were shadows being cast from yeah. these giant willow trees, and it was just it was absolutely beautiful. That's great. It also, I believe, I could be wrong on this, but is the set for Phil's funeral in the future episode. Except where probably minus the Spanish moss trees. Yeah, they probably yeah. got rid of that because it now it takes place in Miami. <laughs> Does it? Yeah, they're in Miami for, for Phil's funeral. He's buried in Miami? Yep. Why? Yep. I don't know. I don't understand it. Are you sure he doesn't get married? Yeah, remember they leave, in- they go to the funeral service, they come back to the house, and she's there the whole time. That's weird. I know, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, that's a future episode, guys. Anyway. <laughs> Not this one. So um, Blanche... So is Blanche also- has a beautiful moment yes. that also calls back to another great joke on another episode of The Golden Girls. But uh, she she basically is just saying goodbye to Big Daddy. And, and, and we found out she didn't go to his funeral because no. that's why she's there. She's there to tell him why she didn't go, which in that moment, like I said, I was... Almost expecting her to make up with Virginia and go, but she didn't go. No, no, because not everything can not. It's, some things are complicated. Yeah, and they, they, yeah. not everything can be wrapped in a little bow, a yeah. little fucking bow. Like you don't have to get aggressive. Uh, <laughs> I'm with you. So, uh, but they, there's this joke uh, at the end where you know Blanche is saying goodbye and. And, and then she says something. I forget what the, her last line was. She but then, says, uh, I just wish there was some way I could yeah. know you're hearing what I'm saying. And then Dorothy goes, Blanche. And she's kind of off screen. Blanche yeah. hasn't seen her yet. And and Dor- Blanche looks up and goes, <sighs> like, like, she, like God is talking to her. And it, it made me think of the episode where, there, where the heater or the air conditioning or one of the heater the air heater conditioning breaks. breaks. And they're all frozen and they have to share the same mm-hmm. bed. And, and Rose... Uh, is praying and she says a really sweet prayer about being with them and how she'd freeze to death without, you know, without the girls there. Rose. Rose. Thanks, Thanks for, for the, the lovely prayer. prayer. Now, now shut get up, up and, and get, get into, into bed. bed. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. That scene always. And then, and then, no. And then, so Blanche the whole time, like Blanche is like, go on Dorothy. And then Dorothy goes, it wasn't me. I know. I loved it. I, I was loved like, it. Wait, wait, it wasn't me. Thanks for the lovely prayer. <laughs> uh, I wish I could get my voice to go that low. <laughs> like I kind of, oh, there's so many things I want is ringtones. I'll make that for you. I kind of just want Rose. Thanks for the lovely prayer as my ringtone. Gotta go lower. Try lower. I can't. Rose. You can't. No, no, gravelly. I, Rose. <laughs> I'll lose my voice. Do it. No. Rose. I can't. It's hard. <laughs> anyway, um, so she realizes that God isn't talking and Big Daddy isn't talking and it's uh, it's actually Dorothy. And, and Dorothy's like, the taxi driver, he says, we late. She's we gotta go. She's very gentle with what very Dorothy gentle. says. She's very, like, you can tell she knows she's kind of interrupting also, the moment. why does the taxi driver know their flight itinerary? I don't know. Maybe she said, hey, we need to be there by this time. What time should we get on the road? Dorothy yeah. doesn't know Atlanta very well. Yeah. I think it is worth saying that when Blanche was talking to Big Daddy, and she also put flowers down on her mother's yeah, sweet. crypt. What would you call that? A 
uh, I mean, it's an above crits. ground. It's something that I, I always imagine you see in a mausoleum. I was surprised to see something that large above ground because it's not a, it's not a coffin. Obviously, it's well. A, he's probably. It's actually probably not a mausoleum. It's if uh, there well, no are, mausoleum is like the thing you go inside yeah, of. Yeah, you, you know, there's there's like a locked door and there's a. Oh, I really want to tell a scary story about a mausoleum right now because like I have one and it's really good. Well, now you're gonna have to. Oh my god. You're going to die. You're all going to die when you hear this story. It's from Autopsy from like a couple of years ago. Like, Wait remember this show on HBO? Okay, but this isn't a scary story that happened to you. You're just going to retell something that was on an episode of Autopsy? It's the scariest thing you'll ever hear. All right. Okay, guys. I'll do it quick. So. Guys, turn on the lights right now if you're in the dark. If you're not with somebody, maybe get with somebody before you hear their story. You guys That's are going to love this. going to scare the pants off of I know you there's some crossover ones. between this and Talking Crime because people have tweeted at me being like, I've been listening to both. So they're going to love this. Trust me. Golden Girls fans are inherently into creepy shit. Um, there was this doctor. A couple, like, like in, like, the 20s or something. Whenever, like, what was the disease that was killing everyone in the early part of the 20th century? Like, like... Like the bubonic plague? No, like twentieth century. Like like the uh I don't fucking know, but whatever. So like it was the it was the one thing that was killing the black everybody. Lung? No, and like they're like 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 not cholera, but like um I don't know, I'll find out. Anyway, a lot of people were dying from it. And this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful woman, like beautiful. Dysentery? Was, no, just deal with it. And so she had beautiful black hair and she was gorgeous. She was like a model. And she went and she was, this doctor was like taking care of her and she died of this. And he was like in love with her. And the family was distraught. And he was like, you know, she was so special to me and she was so beautiful. And he was like 30, 40 years older than her. And he, he was like, I'll pay for the mausoleum. I'll pay for the upkeep. We have to keep her beauty for the rest of eternity. Like she has to be beautiful forever. Um, and so they do this and he goes and he's the weird, creepy doctor. He's always going to visit this mausoleum every fucking day, making sure she's okay, making sure she has flowers, things are trimmed, whatever that happens for like years, right? Years. And then one day he just stops going and people stop going and the family moves away and they all kind of moved on and accepted that their sister has died and their daughter's died. And, and so they don't really visit the mausoleum that much until one day sister goes and visits the mausoleum and notices she ain't there. She ain't there no more. So what? She tracks down the doctor. Turns out the doctor is this creepy fucking doctor living, I think it was in Florida, um, living in Florida. And people in town would be like, no one, we just saw him leave his house and he would come back, but no, he wouldn't talk to anyone. He was old and creepy and weird. Sister shows up. She knock, knock on that door, right? And, and Thank you for turning this into a radio hour show. Thank you. And, and she knocks on the door. And she's like, hello, Dr. Creepy. You know, like she's like looking at the house being like, where's my, where's my sister? Mm. And she walks around the house. She walks upstairs, turns a corner, walks into a bedroom. Who does she see in that bed? Who? Her sister. (gasps) He had been keeping her. He had been like shellacking her face, putting tubes down her throat, like wig everything to keep her in whatever. And then she confronted him being like, you got my sister. But he was like too old to be like put in prison or anything. So she Are you was, ever too old to be put in prison? Yeah. I think they didn't used to do that. I think they were like, you're like 80 something. You're not going to prison, dude. Mm. Like you're just going to die. And so they, uh, they, so he lost all his money, of course. Mm-hmm. And when he died, she was buried. The sister was buried. But then when he was found dead, I think it was in Chicago or New York, one of the two cities, but he was found dead in an apartment on the ground, 
holding a life-size, like, stuffed model of this woman. True love, man. She was in a mausoleum. That's how, where all that came from. Can I tell you something? Yeah. You've told this story on the podcast Have before. I? Have <laughs> yeah. I? Have I? Well, guys, you got it again. <laughs> Why didn't you stop me? I don't know. You were just on a roll. I didn't want to be rude. It was so You've good. told that story on the podcast I before. I love that story. I love that story. Oh, man. I, I've, I've got one that can top it, right? I've never told this story on the podcast before. So wow. one time. Original, guys. My friends and I, we decided to prank my friend uh, Kim, right, who was scared of clowns. Yeah. So Danielle dressed up like You have clown. told this story before, and I hold it against you because you could have easily murdered your friend. She's fine. Now. Let's get back into the episode. I never <laughs> took a body from a mausoleum. I didn't either. <laughs> okay so we both so, have that in common so sophia or so dorothy and and blanche leave and they're flying back to miami back at home back at home sophia has made <sighs> over the course of the weekend hundred dollars which she's gonna purchase a new tv with yes can we deny or confirm that a television i'm gonna set google right now in 1989 i'm gonna google it that we're talking at the biggest, like probably 32 inches, because anything bigger, it starts to get really bright when you're in a bedroom. So let's say 1989, how much was a television set? $1,700 feels exorbitant. Feels exorbitant for now, even. So while you're looking that up, um, Sophia gives Rose a script for the two of them to explain how the citrus plate was broken. <laughs> and Sophia reads her part, which is just like, hi, Blanche, welcome home. I love you. And then Rose reads her part of the script, which says, I broke the plate. I'm such a clumsy fool. It's so great. And it's just, it's just Sophia continuing to treat Rose like a dog and a yes. servant. Yes. Um, and then Sophia says something that I don't know if this is something people say outside of like writer's rooms or as like comedians, but she's like, wait, wait, I'll punch it up. I'll punch it up. She literally, I know. I thought that too. I was, I was like, like hmm, good for her. She says that, and I'm like, you. it sounds like a TV writer talking through you, saying that they're going to punch up the script to make it better. I can't find out. Well, we'll um, it's okay, guys. So then the doorbell rings. Oh, wait, found it. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. So, you know, it would have been like around, uh, not $1,700, but it would have been like five to 800 Right, and we're talking $1,700. So she's got like an extra $1,200 to do nothing with. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So okay, here we go. Um, yeah, it would have been it would have been considerable, but not not seventeen hundred. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. So there there are some <laughs> Marguerite. Like, is that you? <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me get this straight, okay? Uh, no, we're talking like two hundred, two hundred, two hundred for average sites, five hundred, two hundred dollars for a television set, two to five. Yeah, that's All right. the range. Basically. And then, of course, the big ones are like, you know, a thousand. But Right. All right. Yeah. Interesting. But like a TV for Sophia's room, probably 200 bucks. A couple hundred bucks. That's what yeah. I thought. Um, so a guy comes by holding a citrus plate and he's like, hey, I hear you're looking for a plate. He was in another episode as well, I think. Was he? Yeah, I think he was. I think he's in the either the episode where um, George H.W. Bush visits or the episode where the Pope visits. I think maybe the Pope. I think he might be in the Pope episode. But Let's see. But he shows up and he's a kind of creepy. And he says that, you know, he's very busy and that he has this plate and there's only five of them and he wants two thousand dollars for it. And so nope, this was the only episode he was in. Was it? Okay. Yeah. And Sophia Sophia was like, 
She she literally Ooh, Sophia. This is where she was like, "How about a hundred dollars, and I'll show, we'll show and, you, and we'll show time. you a good time." Like Ew. Sophia offered to. Not only did she whore Rose out for it, right. but she is willing to have a threesome to go les to like get the t- a TV's that important to her. You know what she would have done though is the guy would have come, here's how that would have played out in 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 keeping with the habits that Sophia has shown us throughout this episode in terms of taking uh, advantage of Rose. Yeah. The guy would have walked in, she would have been like, "All right, here we go." And yeah. then they would have gone into the bedroom and Sophia would have shut the door behind them and locked them in and <laughs> made Rose do it herself. Maybe she would like slide a towel under the door or something. That's like sex slave shit. That's exactly what would have happened had the man entertained the notion. Wow. I'm glad that didn't happen. And Rose is just not having it. She's like, we have $1,700 in cash. Take it or leave it. And he takes it. Yeah. Of course. And literally the moment he walks away, Blanche and and Dorothy come home. Mm -hmm. And they look great. They've traveled. They've they've come to terms. They've cried maybe a little bit. Yeah, I like to think that they cried and held hands on the plane. Because we also know Dorothy doesn't like to fly, so. No. Um, no. I also like, as soon as the man passes... Dorothy's like, who was that? So he's like, gas man. And she yeah. just very, accepts Doesn't, it. Yeah, it's just, just accepts like, it. It's great. I and like that they acknowledge it. Rose takes the plate over as if like it's a weird thing that they had to take very special care of it. But Here's, she's like, we took special care of your citrus plate. I also want to know what was it doing out to begin with? Like yeah. after Rose took it from the couple who was eating off of it, why didn't they put it in a safe place? Because clearly it made its way back out into the living room. Yeah. I don't know. That's also that's question. like. And if it's Sophia just being like, ah, fuck it, I'm going to use the plate, then that's like or that extra Or someone came level into the of, kitchen and just helped themselves. But that's why, like, put it somewhere. Well, I guess all the bedrooms are taken up, but I'm like, put it, can you put it somewhere? This is another thing that would really piss me off is that you think about it. These people are staying in the girls' bedrooms. This isn't like a typical Airbnb situation where you give that person their own dressers. They're putting their clothes away in yeah. your closet where your clothes are. Yeah. Like, the girls don't have; they're unable to put any of their stuff away. There might yeah. be stuff that they don't want people to see, and there it is. Blanche has all of her nice makeup and perfumes out and everything. Their weird genitals so are touching the bed where you sleep. I mean, I don't want. Right? Did Sophia anyone's... even wash the sheets? I mean, you know we're getting I mean? we're getting a little bit into crazy land, but yes, I feel you. Uh, so Rose takes the plate and mm-hmm. says, "We've taken good care of this." And Blanche, Blanche has evolved. She has had an emotional experience, mm-hmm. and she looks at that plate and she sees it as an old part of herself mm-hmm. and is not a part of the new Blanche. Yeah, and she just drops it. Yeah, she goes, "This plate represents the old me." Yeah, drops it, and guess what? She wants to go have some literally in the kitchen. I think a great, great, great ending to mm-hmm. that story. Like a great ending to the episode, even because it's a shattered plate which is hilarious but that also too they all just walk over it like thank god they don't have a pet or anything because the pet would probably start eating it but yeah. like let's hope that you know um dreyfus doesn't just wander over away yeah. from harry's house and also it's just i love when anyone just like purposely makes a mess yeah that was fun to watch yeah i like too that they you know because I like that the in this episode there was something that represented sort of Blanche's vanity and Blanche's um, self-involved personality. Yeah. Because Blanche could have come home and she could have, like, thrown her makeup away or she could have, you know, given her dresses away. But yeah. they chose something very specific for this episode. It was a plate, which I thought was pretty fucking stupid. But I guess for the 80s, a decorative plate yeah. is I a, think f- that a cool thing to have. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, and then that's the episode, basically. Mm. They all just kind of walk over it. Wait. What? 
I don't. There were Sophia had oh, the no. final line You're of right. the episode. You're right. I don't. I'm only bringing it up because I don't get it. Sophia, after they Blanche breaks the plate, the women walk into the kitchen. Sophia looks up to the sky yeah. as if to speak to God and goes, "What is this sarcasm?" Which is what, what is that supposed to mean? What do you mean? It means he's 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 like he's like toying or she. She's toying with Sophia. She's like... But sarcasm is a very specific... It's not like she went like, like, what are you trying to do? Kill me? Or like... No, it's, a, what I is think this? it fits. Sarcasm? I don't know. There's no... But here's the thing. It's not like God is speaking to her and then she's like, what is this sarcasm back? I just... That line made no sense to me. No, it does make sense. It no. means that... Yes, it does. Think about it. She got the money. She, she set out to what she wanted to do. She got the $1,700. And then within an instant... With literally within an instant, that money is gone, and then you think the problem is solved, but no, no, God has to take it one step further and like shatter the plate just to really send home how much of a how much of the crow that Sophia has to eat now that that she did all of this work. Sophia or Blanche and Dorothy will never know all that she did to try to make this money, and it's all for naught. But I just I think it being conveyed in the word sarcasm is strange because to me sarcasm I don't, I don't, I, sarcasm it refers to tone right yeah I, when I'm talking to you like this I sound very sarcastic kids in the hall did a whole great sketch I about think it. you're taking it to crazy land I'm not honey. taking it to crazy I, land I, I do think you I'm are saying like this is the final blow of your episode this is the final line of your episode. And I didn't think it was a good joke. I think it I works. Didn't think, I, think I, it, I don't I, think it made I, sense. I think it. Well, I think. I think. I think you're analyzing it a little too much. I think it made perfect sense, and I think it was a very good ending, and it actually made me smile. That's fine. You get all defensive, but you told like a two minute story that you I told did. in the podcast before. I did. Oh, I'm not getting defensive. I'm definitely not <laughs> I'm getting kidding. defensive. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I am kidding. Golden uh, takeaways. It was a good episode. Oh yeah, jeez. Okay, I you have my go. golden takeaway. So my golden takeaway is I would probably sleep with anyone like Blanche in in terms of to, if I could get something out of it. You know what I mean? Like I I uh yeah, I think I think she did the right thing in getting that 35 credit by sleeping with that man because not only did she get something she wanted out of it, he got something he wanted out of it too. It's a win-win on so many levels and and you had sex and that's not such a bad thing. So like yeah. Okay. I started an application for people to date me. Oh, awesome. Yeah. You can go to com slash date. Great. And you can apply. And okay. I, if I don't respond, it's not because I don't like you. It's just because, you know, social anxiety. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've, okay. I started an application. Great. <laughs> I'll check it out. You should. There's a stupid question like, how important is pizza to you? Ooh, very yeah. important. Yeah. If it's good. My golden takeaway, I'm going to give a piece of advice to anybody who visits the South um, and may not be aware of this. Um, the Spanish moss that you see hanging from those beautiful weeping willow trees, they have bugs in them. So you may be tempted <laughs> to be like, oh, this is fun decorative moss I could use for my plants back home. Or like, I just want to play with this or whatever you want to do with it. Don't touch it. It has little bugs in them. They're called chiggers, which is kind of an unfortunate oh. name. Um why are they called chiggers? I don't know, but it's they're little bugs that bite you. They're almost like bed bugs or ticks or something, or but they bite. Um, uh, so don't touch the Spanish moss, I guess is what I'm saying. Oh. Yeah. I would see, when I lived in Savannah, I would see people like tourists just pulling it off the trees, and I'm like, ooh. Yeah. yeah. That's my takeaway. That's, I mean, that's a good, that's a, 
uncomfortable and good takeaway. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, guys, if you're following along with the podcast, the next episode we will be watching is Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, which feels very <laughs> strange considering it's March, but that is the episode that we will be watching. That's funny. Also, it's not Christmas at all. Uh, guys, thanks so much for listening. You can go to outonthelanai.com for all kinds of more GG fun. You can also go on Facebook and add us there, Golden Girls Podcast, and on Twitter at Golden Girls Pod. I'm H. Allen Scott on everything. And I'm Carrie Doherty. I'm Squidzy on Instagram and Squid Eat Squid on Twitter. And guys, once again, don't forget, very, very soon, this upcoming Thursday, March 16th at 7 o'clock p.m., we're going to be doing another Out on the Lanai live. We're going to be watching 72 Hours. Alaska Thunderfuck's going to be there. The AIDS episode. We're going to be raffling off some really great amazing prizes and all ticket proceeds benefit the senior services provided by the LGBT Center at Triangle Square here in Los Angeles. Definitely. So and if, if you're you in the area, we hope you will come. If you can't be there, you don't live in Los Angeles, share it with your friends, share it on your feed. The more it gets shared, the more people know about it. And if you would and would like to, I mean, forego donating to us this these next few weeks and donate. You can go to outonthelanai.com slash live and uh, you can donate there if you can't make it to the show. We would really appreciate your donations as well. Yes. And if you can't make yeah. it, tickets are $10. Yeah. $10. And only $10. Only $10. There's a processing fee for credit cards, but whatever. <laughs> and remember, guys, to always stay, stay golden. golden.